high stick yield to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, the Oilers are a wagon and could win the Stanley Cup this year. Today, I bring evidence, not my evidence, but credible evidence, plus the return of Samwise Ganyai uh, to the lineup tonight, according to Tony Brar. Uh, and I believe, I believe we also had our friend Tom Gazzola saying that as well. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440, Twitter, Low Tide, and Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Join of the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GM and Buick. Our guest today, Bag Milk and Kate Shefty from Seattle Time Sports. Kraken coverage is Kraken, let me tell you. They do a really good job, and we're delighted to have Kate a little bit later on today. Uh, we begin the show as we always do. We want to say hello to our friend, uh, Mr. Cool, Mr. Vibe, Mr. I know a lot of things, but I want to play it cool because when I come in, I just want to storm the gates and be impressing, uh, impressive to everybody. Uh, Declan Kruger, how are you? And as always, a pinpoint introduction well, by yourself. You know. I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be here as always. Looking forward to a great show. Are you? Are you oh, really yeah. happy to be here? Oh, my goodness. Do you Are say you to yourself, me? you get up in the morning and go? Yes. The answer is yes. I don't care if I, you know, get in there and everything goes wrong. At least I'm working with low tide. Ooh, the answer is no. I thought you were going to ask something else. But no, I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to ask if I like coming to work every day. And the answer is a genuine, resounding yes. I love so being here. So it's me that you have the problem with. No, I like working with you, too. But, uh, you know, if you weren't here, my life doesn't change at all. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I keep going. I keep doing my thing. So. Is what it is, but you knew that, and it's the same for you. Wow, this yeah. hurts me so much because I always think, I hope tomorrow I do a better job for Declan. <laughs> Low tide, I'm kidding, of course. I would not shine. Oh. I'm not saying I shine by any stretch, but I would not shine the way I shine if it was not for you. It is your banter that makes me uh, semi-palatable on the radio, and for banter. that I will always be grateful. Very nice. I've heard people say we have good chemistry. I don't. Is that good? I think it is. I think that's good. Yeah. All right, enough about us. Edmonton Oilers, uh, I have just tweeted out an item from Don Lashinsky of The Athletic, and points two, three, and four are pertinent to your Edmonton Oilers. As I mentioned at the top of the show, they are a wagon. But there's another side to this, and this, it's it's there's a live version of Like a Hurricane by Neil Young, where Crazy Horse goes wild, just like, I don't know what the hell they're on, but it's just so good. And right at the beginning of it, I could find it for you. It's on YouTube somewhere. Right at the beginning of it, he says, Hi, everybody. You can't go fast enough to get there early. And that's where the Oilers are right now. Because you want them to be top drawer, firing on all pistons by the playoffs. And they are getting there. But there are some things. And in Dom's piece, which is brilliant, there's points two, three, and four specifically about the Oilers. Um... He talks about Stuart Skinner really turning it around. Uh, talking about before the, the coaching changes had, had an 863 save percentage and 7.6 goals allowed above expected. And since then, a 918 save percentage and 11.9 goals above expected. Also, he runs a graph uh, from last night's game uh, powered by Sport Logic that has all kinds of just shining numbers for the Oilers, like slot shots. They were 30th, they're 6th in the last 26 games. Rebound chances, they were 20th, they're 4th now. 
But here's the thing. Expected goals were 277 in the first 13 games and 248 in the last 26 games. And their goals allowed has gone from 30th to 3rd. So they were riding a very, very bad, a, a very, very bad field of regression. And that has come back to the to the norm or a little better. Maybe they're running a little hot right now. But it's all good. There are areas that they can improve. There are things to work on. And Dom, I highly recommend the article. It's really brilliant. But he talks about the fact that the, the power play isn't all that good. But the penalty kill has really improved. And it, it, it goes back to what I've been told by the smart math people. And it goes like this. Um, I think Woodguy mentioned this to me. I think Tyler Dello did years ago as well. Everybody talks about you got to get the you got to get a good penalty killer, and the what what numbers have shown over years. It's not necessarily the specific penalty killer. It's what the coaches are doing and what if it's being executed by the team, you should have success. And it morphs and changes. That's why when people talk about man to man versus versus uh, zone disregard all of that because everything can work. You just have to be, have people firing on the same system and you have to be able to, the coaches have to teach them the right things that work. And that has happened with the new coaching staff, with Chris Knobloch. Whatever they were doing before, it was either stale and recognizable to the opposition or it wasn't working or both. And right now the Edmonton Oilers are fresh and they are not as predictable as they were in the past. It's working out. Great article. Now, I want to talk to you about something as well today that's sort of inside sports. Because the Kraken are in town. And I love this team because all of my favorite former Oilers seem to be playing for the Seattle Kraken. If they added Taylor Hall and signed Mark Pouliot, I would have to start cheering for them. Adam Larson, wonderful player. Jordan Eberle, wonderful player. I'm a big fan of Connor Yamamoto. They've got a really good team, but a bunch of these cats are former Oilers. And they're a blast. Everly's like, you know, 111 years old, and I would trade for him today. You know the reason nobody can trade it for him today? Because the Kraken are right in it. And so that allows me to leap forward here in the discussion point that I wanted to make today. You are welcome to text me at one 401 Earlier today, I had my heart broken. I was listening to Kevin Carius, and Allison L. came on who is really almost my favorite person who talks hockey. In fact, she probably is. She's so smart. And the coverage of the Kraken, Allison L. and others included, is so smart. It is, I think, the best in the National Hockey League. And I really hold the Edmonton Oilers coverage in high regard. There are great people who cover the Edmonton Oilers every day and talk about the Edmonton Oilers every day. And I think the Kraken... We could all learn, those of us who work in the industry, of covering the Edmonton Oilers, whether it be radio, whether it be television, or just writing your own blog, or like I write for The Athletic. You can learn from these really smart people. Allison L., I think, is going to be, and maybe it's not going to be her. You know, there are other people out there who are doing it, but she is a great example of what the I think the 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 tip of the spear should be. And I'm going to use an old-timey baseball reference, a man named Bill James. Bill James could take the most dull baseball subject, like platoon advantage, which is, honest to God, it's still dull. 
But the way he explained it in one of his abstracts, I was so excited. I ran around telling everybody about platoon advantages for lefty pitchers, as an example, or lefty hitters, or why switch hitters, if they can hit from both sides, are so valuable. And Bill James taught me that. And he taught me in a way that wasn't necessarily math-heavy, but allowed me to understand the math without doing all of the work. That's key. Because... You all have jobs. I do too. We all have jobs. And so we want the knowledge. We don't want to do the work of the knowledge. And that's what Allison L. does. And that's what the Kraken coverage really is about. And the Oilers coverage is brilliant. It's really good. But there are areas of the game that fans are curious about, want to know about, have a hunger for, that I think are underrepresented. And I'm not being critical of, uh, I'm being critical of the entire Edmonton media market of which I am a part and it's an area of analytics so if you're not into analytics or you're not covering analytics or not talking about it then maybe you know you don't have to worry about it but for those of us who are it's a thing and I'm going to give you an example of a really effective use two really effective uses of analytics that are happening right now in our marketplace and it's not about me this is about two other individuals okay and this a fairly recent happening I'd say in the last year or so uh, I don't know if you read Jason Greger's daily pieces at Oilers Nation, but but Greger somewhere along the line clicked in with SportLogic and and everybody else that he works with, and he is delivering brilliant pieces every day on the Edmonton Oilers. I highly recommend you read them. They're excellent. They truly are. And the other example I'm going to give you is Bob Stoffer, who has done television now for a little while. We talk about it with Steve Lansky on Friday. But he's bringing real gems, and he's, he's, he's explaining analytics in a way that doesn't make you go get a beer from the fridge or go to the washroom. It's hard to do. Bill James could do it. Allison L. does it expertly. We've had her on this show. I watch her, her, uh, uh, podca- her podcasts and uh, other things that she does online. Uh, she also writes a lot, and it's really good stuff. And it's an education, but it's in an entertaining way. And... I think that is where a lot of coverage is going to go. You know, Howie Meeker, I loved him, but he doesn't cut it anymore. People want to know why. And so I always recommend Puck IQ. I truly do. I think it's so good because it talks about the difficulty of opposition. But still, you've got to do your own digging. And I write about it. I've got an article coming out tomorrow about Philip Roberg, and Puck IQ will be a part of that. But that's where we're going, folks. And the Kraken are... Because it's a new audience and because they could do innovative things and they didn't have to just introduce it. They could just throw it out there with everything else and then people digest it and immerse themselves in it. I just think they've done a spectacular job. So I hope I didn't offend anybody, but I think that that we could all learn. Every NHL market could learn from what the media is doing about the Seattle Kraken's success and failure. And I think that they do a hell of a job. End rant. I did say owner's coverage was excellent, so I'm hoping I get no pushback on any of that. I don't want people saying to me, well, Declan does a good job. Of course Declan does a good job. The Edmonton market is what, 1.2 million? And how many people in this market work full-time covering the Edmonton Oilers? And then, another question, how many people work part-time covering the Edmonton Oilers? It's a lot, and the reason is because there's a market for it. You could start a podcast today. Call it Arvid Talks Oilers, and people would listen to it. And if it was good, then a lot of people would listen to it. It's a thing. Anyway, good job by Carius getting Alice and L today.
Well, that's the show. No, I'm teasing. Um, Chris Knobloch says everybody will take warm-ups and then they'll decide. Sam Gagne in. There was some concern about Evander Kane and Brett Kulak, but I don't think any of that will come uh, to fruition. I suspect we'll see the normal lineup with Gagne replacing Adam Ernie. And I know that's your favorite player, Declan, so that'll be a problem for you. You won't like that very much. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to boycott the game tonight on account of him not being in the lineup. Just understand that the Oilers are trying to win, and it's not always about you. I know, I know. I really got to learn that because I still think it is to this day, and when I see a lineup move like that, it feels personal. ALT, are Knobloch's in-game chances like putting 29 uh, changes, pardon me, uh, putting 29-97-71 on the game-winning goal all on Knobloch, or you to believe it's part of him getting information from the new analytics crew? Uh, and using it in game. Well, I, there's no way I could answer that. Uh, but I will tell you that that you know McLeod's speed is an advantage. I heard Gregor talking about it yesterday on his show, and it does give a different wrinkle, right? And what you're what you're trying to do if you're the Oilers is optimize your roster and keep the other team off balance. And McLeod's speed does that. Also, Connor McDavid deciding that he was going to block out the sun from the goaltender, is just flat-out brilliant. His hockey IQ is through the roof. Uh, honestly, he is so damn smart. I don't know that I've ever seen a smarter hockey player, and I know I've never seen a smarter hockey player who is also an elite talent, although Crosby was really smart and is. Afternoon, guys. For argument's sake, let's pretend Corey Perry signs in Edmonton. He brings leadership and experience for sure, but can he still play? Looking at his season last year, he's minus 28. Now, I know that plus minus is a flawed stat, but when a player is minus 28 on a pretty good team like Tampa and the next closest player is minus 9, that is concerning. Do you think he could help the team, or would he be more of a liability from the Bacon King? Bacon King, that's a great question. And I, the answer is I don't know. But I will say to you that the Edmonton Oilers would find out in a quick hurry, and I think they will take the risk. And there's two reasons for that. The Oilers right now are playing well, like really well. So any changes you make, putting Broberg in the lineup, calling up Dylan Holloway, sliding Corey Perry, is going to be compared to like peak, peak, peak Oilers. 11 game winning streak. Maybe 12 after tonight. We'll see. Perry is obviously not at peak levels. He's an older player. We know what his peak was like. It was, what, 15 years ago? That doesn't mean he can't play. But it does mean that there are some rising tides on his career. I mean, washing him away to sea. And I think if if you're asking me, I think he's not a great bet. But I also think if the more interesting question, whether or not I think it's anything, is what does Ken Holland think and what do the Oilers think? And I think the answer is they think he's going to be a player for them. Now, there is a little bit of a sticky wicket here, and I've talked about it before, and I got a lot of pushback, but I'm going to say it again. One of the things they have to decide before they sign Corey Perry is, would they be willing to push Connor Brown off the roster? Because if Perry comes in and replaces Brown, and there are three other right-wingers, Hyman, say Perry, uh, Derek Ryan, and Warren Fogle, playing ahead of Brown. He might not play. Now, I understand optics shouldn't matter, but they do. Would the Oilers consider sending him down? Would the Oilers consider putting him in the press box? 
Brown doesn't make any money or a lot of money. He's got a big bonus coming, but right now his his cap isn't high, so they could put him in the press box. But that is a possibility. I I think it's not a great bet. That's what I think. I think a better bet would be Dylan Holloway. I think a better bet would be Philip Broberg. However, the Oilers under Ken Holland pursue famous people. They just do. It's a, it's a fact. You know, and sometimes it works, man. Mike Smith worked. Go back and look at the numbers. You would have killed for those numbers earlier in the year. So I think I think Curry Perry will be in Edmonton Oilers. There's enough smoke here. Potentially, you could also send Hamblin down, slot Ryan at 4C instead of sitting around. You could, but, you know, Hamblin's playing well. He doesn't score a lot, but he doesn't give up a lot either, and he is a center. Ryan, probably more effective on right wing. Of all the shows, yours and Gregor's are the best. I love the back-and-forth banter, history, and the fan feedback. And how about those handles? Bacon King. Genius. <laughs> there you go. Um... You know what's really embarrassing? Something just happened that's really embarrassing, and Declan didn't see it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I saw in my peripheral vision two people behind me who had paused right out in front of our our little storm doors that we have here. And I thought, being the egomaniac that I am, that they were here to say hi to us, peering in. And so I turned around and I smiled and I waved. And then I realized they couldn't give a rat's ass where they were or they did not care. They, I don't even think they saw me before I waved my hand like a lunatic. So there's a lesson for me. Perry cost us a 2017 cup. Only right that he comes here and helps us get over the hump from Matthew. That's a good point. Although uh, I think if you go back and review, somebody did push him into the crease. Perry would be perfect here. He's exactly the kind of player they could use come playoff time. Role play time. I love role play. I'm going to be the butcher. You come in and ask for food. All right. Role play here. Declan and Tide, you're Jeff Jackson. What would you do at the Otis front office? Are there positions that are vacant right now? Uh, I don't think there's any positions that are vacant, but Mr. Holland is uh, not signed for next year. So one would imagine somebody's going to slide in there. Um, I'll tell you what I would do, and nobody will agree with it, but I would tell you. What I would do is I would hire Eric Tulski out of Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes. I, that's what I'd do. I'd hire him as general manager. He's an analytics guy. He's got a big background. He's the uh, AGM there. So the way the NHL works is that you can't hi- hire somebody for a um, – you can't come and o- ask to talk to somebody and then offer them a sideways move. If they're going to move up, then most teams will let them go. But I would try to sign him as a general manager. Kyle Dubas would have been a consideration as well. Sam Pollock, even though he's passed away, I would also consider. The Edmonton Oilers have to get way smarter on analytics. They just do. Oh, my God. It's 12-19 already. Why did you let me talk? Well, I'm typing away, as you know. I thought you were going to wrap it up fairly quickly. Holy crap. You know. We got Kate Shefty on the way. We have talked into the segment. All right. We're taking a break. Kate, I'll talk about what the orders have to do a little later. Kate Shefty uh, coming up to talk about the Kraken. Good Lord. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Banned by the BBC, and these years later, we just play it as we slide into another, another sports. It's funny how the world works. If you hang around long enough, you'll find out some things. This is the Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick. 
and first time we've had this guest, and we're looking forward to talking to Kate Shefty from Seattle Times Sports. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So the Kraken are 8-2-0 in the last 10 games. The owners have passed them anyway. It's wildly unfair, but if you're Vegas or the L.A. Kings, you've got to be looking over your shoulder at both teams, both the Kraken and the Oilers. Fair? I mean, Oilers have quite simply forgotten how to lose, so I would definitely be looking over my shoulder at them. Uh, the Kraken have, you know, they've uh, they've been dealing with a bit of adversity in the last. They had a back-to-back in Pittsburgh and New York, and they are dealing with a locker room bug right now. So they're a bit under the weather tonight. And we'll see how it goes. So do we know uh, anybody for sure out of the lineup? Or is it like, you know, take the pregame skate and we'll see? Oh, Dave Haxall uh, has realized that it provides him no competitive advantage to disclose starting goaltenders, who's playing, who's not. And he gives out almost no information usually. So it's uh, Burkowski. Andre Burkowski was skating with the team this morning, which is a good sign. He's missed two games. Um, we don't know if he was injured or sick. Again, that's the level of information uh, swapping that we're dealing with here. And then um, Vince Dunn uh, uh, dressed but did not skate. So I would say it's probably a good safe bet that, um, I mean, if, if there's any way he's ready to go, these are top players, they're top defensemen, they need him. If he's, if he's at all okay, I bet they could stick him in the lineup, but it's not a good sign that he didn't skate this morning. Kate, Kraken are relentless. They remind me a little bit of the Golden Knights, uh, although they don't have the unceremonious offloading of expensive veterans in Seattle. But they do find players, and one of them is Joy Decord, who was, I, I think, tamed in the expansion draft, came out of Ottawa, was a depth pick, and he looks like 923 save percentage, looks like a, a, like a real solution here. So when you've got a, you know, a veteran uh, like Grubauer going on LTIR, it's good to have Decord, and he sort of is the show there, right? Yeah, he's been a kind of a revelation this year. He, the, the inaugural, uh, the um, the first season, uh, two thousand twenty twenty one, was uh, he had maybe four starts, no wins, wasn't a great, wasn't a good beginning for him. Last year he came in, he was pretty decent in relief. He was pretty much just an injury replacement. He spent almost the entire season in the AHL, but. He and the Coachella Valley Firebirds went all the way to Game Seven of the Calder Cup uh, Championship round. So he, he, you know, and so he was kind of the, the guy to beat coming into training camp. And yeah, Grubauer's been battling some injuries this year, and that kind of opened the door for Decord. And he has been he has given them some of their most consistent goaltending, definitely their most consistent regular season goaltending that they've had that the Kraken have had in their short history. And he was really good in the Winter Classic. So that's a big stage, and he rose to it, and he, yeah, he's been the guy. It's been fun to watch. He's a fun goalie to watch. He's very adventurous. I don't know. Obviously, we give most of the the credit to the player, but Vince Dunn has, uh, since he arrived in Seattle, his point totals have gone from 35 to 64, and he's, I mean, he could hit 70 this year, uh, depending upon how the rest of the season goes. I know deployment is a part of that, and he's 27 years old, so he still, you know, could be in his prime, but... Uh, this is a player who is having a major impact offensively from the blue line. Yeah, I think he he always, it seems like he kind of wanted to be the guy and challenged himself to be the guy, and he was kind of pretty low on the depth chart in St. Louis. And, and But Seattle really gave him this opportunity to to shine and thrive, and he found this really great pairing with Adam Larson, who had, they've been together for like to almost it'll be two years in March, which for, you know, in, in NHL years is, is a long time, and they – they really suit each other. They really 
you know, kind of, they seem like really, they have a really great working relationship and it's allowed uh, Dunn to really kind of explore his game and, and be, you know, the Kraken's number one defenseman. I mean, I hate to say that because, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you compare Larson and Dunn? They're, they both do very different, very important things, but you know, it's, but Vince, Vince Dunn leads them in points and that's, that's, a darn important thing, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, you make a great point, and it's one that I think we don't necessarily explore enough. I know there's been talk of, of you know, adding a defensive uh, award because a guy like Larson, who we saw here, and he was brilliant, uh, it, it's it, you have to watch them a lot to enjoy the subtlety of their game, but suppressing goals is a thing. And uh, Larson kind of leads off my questioning about former Oilers who are playing there. Uh, you know, he, I believe he's 30 now, but he doesn't seem to be aging like a, a defensive defenseman sometimes does once they t- turn 30. He's been playing well, correct? Oh, yeah. He's been uh, he's been one of the ones who's been under the weather. So I guess right now is, is an awkward time to ask that question. But generally, he is uh, he, he's in 312 straight games. He's got a good Ironman streak going, the fourth longest in the league. And he, so he's just been – he's the only player that has appeared in every single cracking game so far. And he's just been – you know, it's, it's – I feel like we, we often say how good he is in reference to Don just because they're such a unit, such an established unit. But he – in his own right, he is a, he's a great penalty killer. He's just, he's just steady, and everyone has nothing but nice things to say about him. KHFDR guest Seattle Times Sports. Kid, I will tell you something about the Edmonton market. Anybody who ever played here, there's somebody out there who really feels like the former Oiler is one of their children. So Jordan Eberle, Kyler Yamamoto, we mentioned Larson, uh, Justin Schultz. There are others on this team. Uh, how are they all doing, specifically Yamamoto, who started slowly, and maybe uh, is he coming on a little bit? He, it's, it's been kind of an up and down year for him. I can, I feel like I can say that I haven't talked to him about it recently, but he was on this. This is the last game of six game road trip for the Kraken. Uh, he was scratched the first three games of it. So he kind of wound up being the odd man out, which is a little surprising because at times this year, he's been their hot, like when they weren't scoring at the very beginning, he was the only one who was, uh, he has, you know, consistently been, an offensive threat for them he's been good but he you know when they needed when they had too many healthy forwards wow that feels like a luxury tonight they he was the one that was out so it's kind of it's it's kind of complicated I guess he's he's been good at times and and other times he's been a spare part and um but and he earned the nod on opening night over Ty Cartier who the Kraken staff loves so it's they're very high on Ty Cartier so it's like been up and down for Yamamoto. Um, uh, let's see, who, who else did we talk about here? Jordan Everly. Mm, they love Jordan Everly here. We know that, right? Like mm-hmm. we, Seattle love Seattle loves Jordan Everly. Great ambassador for the team. Great, great hilarious quote. Um, just a you know top line winger. You know, just a good veteran guy. And and from what I hear, a leader in the locker room. And um, Larson, we've already talked about. Justin Schultz uh, has also been a been an occasional healthy scratch this year in favor of Riker Evans, who they're trying to kind of, you know, slide in. He's their he's their top defensive prospect, and maybe he was even going to make the the camp uh, the team out of camp this year, but he didn't. So Schultz and and Evans have kind of been an either or situation a couple times, but generally they they like him. He's he still gets time on the power play. He's um, he's a third pairing defenseman with uh, Brian Dumoulin back there, and. You know, they, again, uh, steady, veteran presences, and they need them here. Okay, the the 
Edmonton Oilers are familiar with this, and fans certainly are, but the Kraken are in the middle of uh, They played uh, Thursday in Washington, then they played Saturday in Columbus, and then Monday in Pittsburgh, and then Tuesday in New York, which is a long way from Edmonton. Now they're here. This is a this is a, a little bit of a back-breaking road trip. Oh, yeah, especially when you're, like, having a, some sort of bug sweep through your locker room, back-to-backs all over the place. And, you know, at least they haven't had to deal with travel headaches. Oh, my gosh. Anybody who's tried to fly around <laughs> in the eastern U.S. and Canada probably knows what I'm talking about. Getting getting around right now is, is very tricky. But at least they've got that nice charter jet. Jealous. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a tough – yeah, looking at, you know, just – just like on a map it's just been a it's been a tough uh six games they did only have one game in the week after the winter classic so they kind of got a good break and then it was right back into it and yeah it's been a it's been a tough run and they're not they're not doing great from the sound of it but you can't can't take you know we're not shutting down the league for illness anymore it's not happening which you just got to gut through it and they they're right on the cusp they're right behind you know, they've fallen out of a tie and for the wild card spot, and they, they, you know, there's no time to to struggle right now, and they're going to try and push through it. Uh, Kate Shifty, our guest from Seattle Times Sports. Final question for you: It's a little early, and I know that that the the organization probably isn't tipping their hand, but if they get to the deadline as a buyer, is there anything that that sort of is obvious that they they might want to add, or is it too soon to know? You know, they it's. Uh, I, w- I want to give my speculation, but in, in my gut, in my heart of hearts, I f- this is a team that when things are going well, they change nothing. They didn't make any moves last year. They made almost very few moves this off season. If things are, are going fine I, and they're still in it, I bet they, they just, you know, they, they hold, they, they hold them. They stick with what they know. That's kind of, that's kind of Seattle's MO. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is, maybe, you know, this is the time when they, they, turn me into a liar but you know i'm always ready on uh when free agency opens on the trade deadline and then it's like oh well okay never mind they're they're good with what they got okay fair enough kate thank you appreciate it very much have a great night you too thanks kate shifty from seattle Times sports the kraken are interesting they truly are they're an interesting hockey club um i i want to linger on the point that she made a minute ago about the the carefulness of the Kraken, like the trade deadline, is an example. There's nothing wrong with that. It's wise. In many, many cases, it's very wise. Think about the deal last year where the Oilers wanted one more piece and they also needed somebody to take just a, just a little bit, just a, just a little bit of cap. Not a, not a lot. I don't even think it was a half a million. But they needed somebody to take that money. And they, they needed a player to kind of add to the group to try to win the Stanley Cup. And I'm not criticizing the Oilers because they're trying to win the Stanley Cup. So when they look at Nick Bugestad, they go, yeah, we can't afford him. Damn. But when Arizona says, we'll take, we'll give you the player and we'll take a little bit of that cap hit, but you've got to send Mike Kesselring and a pick. And they did. And now Mike Kesselring is a part of the Arizona Coyotes organization. Four goals, 11 points in 25 games. There's deals to be made out there, but if you're the Kraken and you're you're you want to make the playoffs, but you know you're probably not heading for Stanley, 
Maybe keeping your powder dry is the right call. 1236 NHL Rumors next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. I would have to say my favorite hip song will always, always, always be Ahead by a Century. I just love that song. The guitar, the whole sound of it. It's a gorgeous song. But Bob Cajun, there's a there's a certain melancholy about Bob Cajun. Really good song. Do you have a favorite hip song or do you know their library at all? My, yeah, I do. Weed Kings. It's my oh, favorite hip song. Yeah. yeah, Weed Kings and Pretty Things. And you know what the song's about, right? I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, there you go. Makes it even even that much more sad. Well, really. I, you know, they're a very powerful <laughs> band. I, yeah. They, I don't know why America never caught up to them. They're just too smart. Um, the band. Uh, so... It's time now for Pro Hockey Rumors. Lots happening around the Calgary Flames today, and I want to talk about it because some of this might impact the Edmonton Oilers. The Calgary Flames placed Walker Dewar on waivers yesterday. Remember I talked about it saying, you know, I wonder if he gets picked up. He did not. He has cleared waivers. And so he will be heading back to Calgary Wranglers of the AHL. Flames also made another move today. They placed Dennis Gilbert on IR, and they recalled a man named Adam Klapka, now, I do watch the AHL, and I do know who Adam Klapka is. Do you? Do you, Declan? Adam Klapka? Yes. You don't know who he is, do the you? The name sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm going to say no. Aha! Just in the interest of a uh, movie. This is why along. you need me, because <laughs> when it comes to obscure guys nobody's ever heard of, it could have import. I'm your man. I need you for a lot of reasons, Alan. Yeah, not just that. Liar. Everybody lies. Okay, Adam Klapka is six foot eight and two hundred and thirty-five pounds. And he's not a wrestler. Well, he might be in his offseason, but he's a hockey player. And he has ten goals and twenty-one points against the Calgary Wrangler or with the Calgary Wranglers this year. It's his second full season in the American League. He's originally from Prague, Czech Republic, and he did play in the USHL, and then he went back over uh, in twenty one twenty two for a season in his home country. So he is really strong and really big and really, like, large and imposing. And back in the old days when Calgary would play Edmonton, there, sometimes there'd be a little bit of showmanship or whatever the word is that maybe I can't think of. This, to me, is maybe a little bit of that. You're, you're playing the Oilers on Saturday, and you call up a giant. I love this stuff. It's fun until it isn't. But Adam Klapka was recalled today. I'm not lying to you. He's, he's giant, man. He is just you will you'll you'll know you won't have to say where's Klapka, you'll know. I I I don't think he's playing tonight. So we'll find out maybe he plays on Saturday. The New Jersey Devils have placed Brendan Smith on injured reserve. You can just feel the job bleeding out of Lindy Ruff's hands, and there's nothing he can do about it. The goaltending's not right, his decisions aren't working, and now there's injuries upon injuries. They, they, it, it, you know, it, it's not funny. It happens to organizations, and sometimes the owner just goes, all right, that's enough. I've had enough of this. We're going to change coaches. I would predict, if, and I don't like to do this, but I would predict that the most likely coach fired, like next coach fired, would be Lindy Ruff. 
Rogan Rafferty has gone to the AHL Grand Rapids. Rogan Rafferty is a famous name on my blog uh, and has been for many years. There's a Canucks fan on my blog. A former, I knew him. I worked with him, Andrew Smith. I worked with Andrew. Um, he, he's called Har- Harper's Hair. So he's a little gray, just like me. Um, and he was trumpeting Brogan Rafferty for years before he hit the NHL. And then he did, and Brogan Rafferty was okay, but he wasn't like the super-duper star that all of the posts on Low Tide by Harper's Hair implied. So everybody mocks him because he's an owner, a Canucks fan and owner a blog. But you know what? The funny thing about Brogan Rafferty is he has talent. Sometimes you need a little bit of luck even when you have talent. He hasn't gotten that. But I would not be at all surprised if he has an NHL career. Boston Bruins could be bringing back Linus Olmark and Brandon Carlo. They're getting closer. That would be a big deal. You know, they've kind of had a little lull here, part of it because of injury. And that could happen. Now, I promised you before the break that I would talk to you about the Edmonton Oilers. I wrote an article on the weekend. Got a lot of feedback on it. I appreciate you letting me know what you think. Talking about, you know, Oiler fans are, generally speaking, mad at the scouts because they're not drafting players who are coming to the NHL. And I explained in the article, I talked about the fact that a lot of the first and second round picks were either traded before the Edmonton Oilers chose them, or like Reed Schaefer, they were sent away in a trade after they were chosen. So in the last two years, 14 rounds, each team gets a selection in each round. The Oilers traded seven of those picks before they ever took them, and then they traded Reed Schaefer uh, after they drafted him. So the scouts, you can get as mad as you want, but they're just, they don't have a lot of bullets in the chamber because the, the, the picks are not being used. They're being sent away. And I'm not here to criticize Ken Holland and the Oilers management on the pro side because they're trying to win a Stanley Cup. What I will say is there is a, a, a solution that I think the Oilers have been a little bit uh, negligent on, and that is signing college and European and CHL graduating undrafted free agents. There's a lot of them out there, and the Oilers, in fairness to them, they have tried. Ryan Fanti was hurt. Noah Phillip retired. So there are reasons why this has occurred. But right now, this spring coming up, the college season of signing is going to come soon. You can sign CHL guys whenever uh, the European contracts run out, I think, in April. Were I the Oilers, I would have somebody devoted to getting those guys signed. Three or four in the offseason would not go amiss. Sign these guys, and not just to AHL contracts. Pick the best three or four guys, target them, and sign them. Because... I know for a fact they're going to have less than seven draft picks this summer. And it's a hurting unit down there in Bakersfield. They need players. They need guys. Maybe you sign Cameron Wright, who is 25, but looks really good down there. But And I've made this point earlier. I think I made it on Monday, but I'm going to make a, a further point. I think the Edmonton Oilers need to, maybe it's in the Brad Holland pro scouting, or maybe there's a combination pro amateur scouting, because they're looking at a lot of guys in junior hockey. I think somebody has to head up that group. I really do. I think there should be a bona fide, you know, and and Bob Green did it. And uh, don't tell me I'm wrong because I know this stuff because I, I follow it way too much because I'm a nerd. When Bob Green was originally hired away from the Edmonton Oil Kings, he had a job that I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was like uh, 
scout in charge of pro amateur pro uh, signing undrafted pro free agents, something like that. I mean, it was a little cleaner than that because you can't put that on a business card. But Bob Green's job was to go out and find guys like this. And the Oilers are not bad at it. They just don't do it enough, and they've had bad luck with Ryan Fante and with Noah Philp. But if you look at James Hamblin, you look at Vincent DeHarnay, who was drafted but signed to an AHL deal, so that meant that after they drafted him, they decided not to choose him, and somebody had to go into some room and argue. Because when you make the decision not to sign a guy to an NHL contract, it's not, well, we're not going to sign him to an NHL contract, but uh, we're going to sign him to an AHL deal. Somebody has to argue. Somebody has to stand up and say, look, sign this guy at least to an AHL deal. See what he is. That has happened. Marco Waugh, another pretty darn good hockey player, had the same experience. Didn't sign an NHL deal, signed an AHL deal. The Oilers scouting departments, I'm telling you, they're not bad, but they got to follow through. And they, they're, I know Ken Holland signed a lot of AHL defensemen this year who could slide in. Uh, Noel Hoffenmeyer, really good. I really like him a lot. Um, I like Ben Gleason. I think he's very good. I'm not criticizing what they've done. I'm saying that you, on top of that, you have to sign two or three of these other cats, and they need somebody in charge. There you go. I feel like I've talked a lot, and now there's no response. Maybe maybe you'll send me some responses. <laughs> uh uh, low tide. This is Alan from the, the coffee guy from Aramark. How is everyone enjoying the new coffee machine? Have you tried the new coffee machine? Well, one day when me and Connor were here late after everyone had left at about yeah. 7 p.m., it was obviously too late for coffee. Mm. But I did try some. I, Connor had a hot chocolate, said it was very rich, but he enjoyed it. He said he liked it very much. I had a cucumber and lime infused water. Wow. Yeah, it was good. But I have not tried the coffee from the new coffee machine. Yet. This machine. Allows you to, you know, because sometimes you use coffee mate or whatever. If you, you have to figure out how to use it. But Alan showed me. You can make a coffee, whatever you want, and then you can have actual, they have a little packet, yes. you can have actual cream in there. So you can yes. get it all the way you want it in the machine. They have one trillion options on that coffee machine, yeah. and it looks like the fanciest thing I've ever seen. I'm it telling looks you. Like the coffee packs look delicious. The problem is, is that... You, I think right now, this is what our program director said. She said, in the testing phase, we can only use little cups, and I don't think my mug fits it. So I haven't had a chance to actually try the coffee yet, but I'm going to get around to it because it looks They don't want good. you to break it. Is they the just don't want me to have it. I contribute okay. nothing to the coffee frontier, and they're trying to shoo me away. Well, you know, uh, I've said this before, but we work for uh, in a building where we are not affiliated in any way. And we, like, I would pay $20 a month. I only drink the water, but I would. Water costs... And I like I I eventually I think somebody's going to come around and say, hey, okay, you got to put twenty dollars in every month, and I will do that gladly, well, not gladly. But Can you, know, you cover mine as well? No, no. Again, then I'm out. Remember our restrictions? Yeah. I don't know you aside from the show. Two hours a day. I'm friendly, like, and I talk to you. Otherwise, even when you notice when I shut off my mic at the end of the show, I do not acknowledge you. You're reading the sports update. I just leave. When's the last time I said goodbye to you? Never. I think, honestly, in the entire time we've done this show, which is what? How many months now? It's, I guess like five months we've done this, September, four months. October, November, December, January. This is the fifth month. Yeah, we're getting into the fifth month here. I think you've said goodbye to me, no no joke, two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's and I, two, I respect the hell out of it. Two or three times too many. 
I am devoted to leaving the building. I totally respect that. I'm Elvis. Uh, Broberg update, please, or did I miss it from Dozer? Bro- Broberg's playing really well. I'm doing an article on him for, well, some other guys too, but for tomorrow for The Athletic, and I've almost completely written it. Well, actually, I haven't. I've written a, about a 1,000 words on Broberg. I'm either going to have to cut it back or just have the article be on Broberg. But I think it's a really good article if I include some other guys. But Broberg is killing it. You want to know how badly he's killing it? He's played 19 games down there, and at even strength, the the opposition have scored six goals. And he plays a lot. When he's on the ice, it's, it's well, it's Murr Diddley Erderer for Bakersfield. They're playing well. Did you have something you want to say? Well, no, it was going to be actually uh, in reference to the Condors, and I had noticed Raphael Lavoie was the all-star selection. Yes. Of, uh, Baker. Yeah. Congratulations to him. I had also noticed he was the top goal scorer, but Drake Kajula was leading the team in points. Yes. I've not been following the Condors as closely as you have. I've seen a few games here and there, of course, seen the box scores, seen some highlights, but... My question was, was that the right choice in Baco? Oh, over? yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kajula has really come on recently. So if you did the vote now, he might be the guy. Uh, but he struggled early. And Lane Peterson is also a really good candidate. But he was injured for a time. So probably not him either. Uh, Seth Griffith, you know, he's posting points. But, but at even strength, he's been on the wrong side of the puck a lot. And the puck's gone in the net while he's on the ice a lot. I, I think Lavoie would be the right one. Um, I would also say Broberg would have been a fine choice. He's really good. And there's a guy named Cameron Wright who is not signed to an NHL deal down there. But if he does get signed and they bring him to camp next year, you will notice him. Uh, Final thing on rumors, a segment we do every day on the lowdown, the Sharks are going to retire Joe Thornton's number. Do you know, without looking it up, young man, do you know Joe Thornton's number, and do you know his original number when he was with the Boston Bruins? Well, obviously, I know he's number 19 with the Sharks. So how do you know that? Did you follow the Sharks? Do you know the Sharks? Well, Joe just... was just such a legend of the sport. Uh, it was okay. tough not to know, I think. And okay. honestly, now you've thrown me for a bit of a loop because I thought his number with the Bruins was 19 as well. Yeah. Well, it was 19 for a time. Okay. But he had another number. Was it, this is going to be a complete guess, but he seems like a guy who would wear like a 55 or something. Well, you know, you're on the right track yeah. with the unusual. Okay. But he wore number six. Interesting. A center. A number, like, I think Ralph Backstrom wore six, but it's a rare. Jimmy Roberts might have worn six. It's rare. And he changed to 19 while he was with the Bruins. Yeah, and he was 97, I believe, in Toronto. Was he, Was he? Uh, did he wear 19 in junior? Why the change? Well, now you see. Now you, I put you on the spot. Now you're putting me on the spot. Sorry, I'm just asking questions. I'm curious I'm, now. I'm here, out here with a rowboat, and you're shooting at me. Of course, I just did the same thing to you. So, let's review. Okay, we have. Oh, damn it! You know what I did? I hit the text groove, and now I've gotten rid of all of my texts. Oh no! Well, you know what? We got to go to an update anyway. You'll have time to reset it. <laughs> You know, why do bad things happen to good people? All right. Uh, on the way, we've got bagged milk. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for the Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. The unique lounges and casual settings make it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Book now at TommyGuns.com. 
busy night in the NHL with 11 games on the schedule, including the Edmonton Oilers, who will be at home against the Kraken. Puck drop for that one at 7, and according to reports, it will be Sam Gagne returning to the lineup, replacing Adam Ernie, and Stuart Skinner will get the start in net. Around the NHL, the Senators are expected to ask Vladimir Tarasenko to waive his no-trade clause ahead of the March 8th deadline, and the Columbus Blue Jackets place goaltender Spencer Martin on waivers four months after claiming him from Vancouver. The Blue Jackets also assigned 2022 first-round pick David Jircheck to the AHL's Cleveland Monsters. Five games in the NBA tonight, including the Toronto Raptors at home hosting the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off for that one at 5.30. A CFL trade is the Ottawa Red Blacks have acquired the rights to pending free agent quarterback Drew Brown in exchange for a fifth-round selection in the 2024 CFL draft. And finally, Australian Open action in case you missed it as Felix Auger-Aliassime knocked off Hugo Grenier in the second round, 6-1, 3-6, 6-1, to advance to the third round where he will face third-seeded Daniil Medvedev. Also in the tournament, a couple of upsets as Frenchman Arthur Cazot knocked off 8th-seeded Holger Rune in four sets. And in the women's draw was Anna Blinkova knocking off the third-seeded Alina Rubikina in three sets. Hour 2 is up next on the Lowdown with Low Tide. I'm Declan Kruger and this has been a Sports 1440 Update.